are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, mate? I am doing well. I felt like I was maybe uh, an inch or two uh, too far away from the microphone when you like all of a sudden asked me that question. So my apologies <laughs> for the. It's like uh, when the waiter comes and you haven't prepared. Yeah, I, don't you? I hate that. Um, <laughs> well, no, I, I, I do know. because especially when it comes to drink orders, Jeff, because it's like we're all adults here. We've ordered a drink before. You don't need to have the drink menu. I don't think you, know. you you should you should have a standard drink that you order when a bartender says, "Would you like something to drink?" Yeah, and then well, you just order it, and then you can deal with something fancy or whatever on the second order if you want. Fair enough, say. but I mean, this is also our hundredth and something podcast too, so you know we we should be close to the mic. Oh, I thought I thought you were suggesting we should be drinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yes, no, yeah, it's still early. All right, all right, okay. Well, we, without getting too far askew into the weeds, um, let's. Uh, Let's get into today's show. I, I'm really, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think we've got a, a great show on tap today. Maybe the best ever. <laughs> I think it's certainly very broadly ap- applicable what we're going to be talking about, and uh, and a, a neat company and uh, some really interesting experience. Yeah, and, and today's guest, um, you know, has a, a wealth of of, of um, experience in in marketing and in the industrial B two B space. Yeah. And, uh, and um, we're certainly ready to learn from it. So awesome. without further ado. Yeah. So joining us today is Heather Samrika. She's with Eagle Pitcher and is the marketing communications manager there. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Heather. Hello. Thanks for inviting me. Heather, it's, a, it's an honor to have you on the show. And um, I guess, you know, are you drinking? We should probably clarify that. She's in the office. <laughs> <laughs> no, not. Sorry. Not, yes. We are in the office, though. So. Um, right. so are we, but the keg has run out. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's uh, one of the things that happens in a pandemic, it seems, is that you terminate the keg delivery to the office. <laughs> and I don't know. Anyway, look, uh, that's not what the episode is about. Uh, um, uh, Heather, uh, before we get into the meat of today's uh, uh, chat, why don't you introduce us to uh, a bit, to, tell us a bit about yourself and... I'd love to know as well uh, more about uh, your work with Eagle Pitcher and maybe even the the previous firm that you worked with. Okay. Um, Yeah, so I've been in the marketing side of industrial manufacturing for um, over 20 years. So uh, the companies I work with are primarily selling to OEMs or original equipment manufacturers in different um, technology industries. It's been my primary focus. And then kind of all the realms of marketing, from marketing communication to product management um, on that side. Now, Eagle Pitcher particularly, they've been around for about 104 years. We uh, manufacture uh, specialized batteries for industries such as uh, defense, space, and medical. So this ranges from batteries used by our defense in munitions and missiles, to um, to UAVs, to the self-bomber, and then everything that's kind of in space from satellites to launching rockets to the, the recent Perseverance um, rover that just went to Mars are powered by our batteries. And then we make batteries small enough to be implanted into your body. So if you need something like a cardiac monitor 
or a defibrillator, an implanted defibrillator or neuromodulation. So we make miniature batteries that are then implanted into the body. So very specialized, um, as we like to say, they're very mission critical. You can't replace the battery once it goes to Mars and you don't like to replace them once you put them inside your body. So, <laughs> yeah. Are, are they the same teams that work on those two batteries? They seem like very different applications. Yeah, yeah. so we're kind of divided up by battery tech, or technology or chemistry. So it kind of depends on what chemistry, you know, like thermal batteries are used in a lot of the missiles. You have um, lithium ion batteries are used in space. A lot of lithium ions also used um, and implanted. So it kind of depends on your chemistry that is used in your battery. Fascinating. Uh, this is why I love my job. Like, you know, we get to talk to somebody whose products are on Mars. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Or kinda, in people. That's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I find Mars more interesting than people, maybe. <laughs> no, no uh, it's both very. So, uh, and and uh, Heather, as, and as you mentioned, I mean, you've been uh, you've been at this a while, and um, and Eagle Pitcher isn't your first job. So, uh, who were you with before? Because I know some of the 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 expertise that you're drawing from here, uh, you've kind of brought with you to Eagle Pitcher. Yeah. Um, so I spent quite a uh, many years at Watlow. They're an industrial manufacturer of electric heaters, sensors, and controllers, um, both similar to Eagle Pitcher in the fact that very specialized products, um, only selling into OEMs and selling into very um, kind of technology advanced industries like um, like semiconductor, for example, and also medical for Wallow. Very cool. Well, thank you for that. And um, uh, and, and look, what, what we're wanting to chat about today, I guess, is just uh, your um, track record and experience uh, in uh, leveraging, frankly, just leveraging operations to do better marketing. I mean, I don't know if I even summed it up correctly, but um, uh, but I guess let's dive into that um, because it is it has been a, a key part of your success, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, especially if you work in a, in a strong, lean manufacturing environment, your operations folks, the people that are on the line, they know your products very well. And they know... Um, you know, how to improve flow. They know how to decrease change over time. They know a lot about our products. And I think leveraging those folks more also helps you do a better job at marketing. Um, when we would um, set up voice of the customer meetings, we always had besides, you know, your sales contact was there. Marketing would be there. We would have an engineer with us and um, an operations manager with us. And what this really gets you is you hear what the customer needs from those three very different mindsets. So you can't just have, you know, engineer can't des design a product and throw it over the wall and hope operations can make it. And then once they can make it, you know, they throw it over the wall to marketing and we find a home for it. I, I think that together, that those three areas of the company, if they work hand in hand, then one, you're building a better product, you're you're able to make that product more cost effective, and it's gonna be the product that really truly fits the needs of the customer and that has a market for continued growth. So that's why I think it's it's really important for those areas of the company to work together very strongly. 
So in developing the voice of the customer research that you've done in the past and bringing these groups together, uh, was it the case that you know, they'd never really kind of been in the same room and asked these sorts of questions before? What were the responses and how did you pull out the information that you needed and also help them to see that, you know, the marketing and the sales of the product is not just kind of the dirty word that happens at the end of the at the end of the gig where somebody has to sell it? Yeah. So um, I, I think that we had and I think in a lot of companies, you find that these areas are siloed. And I do think it stems from a lot of everybody's busy doing their day to day task and, you know, taking that time to to look at the big picture is helpful in, in, in seeing where you have those gaps in knowledge and understanding. So getting the teams together uh, went over um, very smoothly. And I, I think where we also got the, the most engagement was um, when we would engage actually the folks that worked on particular lines in the manufacturing operation. So we could get, um, you know, we, we, in all the companies I worked at, you know, we're, we're selling to OEMs. So we're not shipping out a finished good product that someone uses. We're sending out a component that another manufacturer is then going to put into their equipment. And I think when you communicate strongly to the operations folks, hey, this item that you make every day, it goes into this piece of equipment. And this is how that piece of equipment is used. When you get that kind of knowledge transferred through kind of the entire organization, you get that engagement. I mean, we're making life-saving devices. And when people see how what they do when they come to work, how that does save someone's life, you get that engagement and people are inspired to to make better products, to give you information that could help the end customer as well. And getting that feedback from them. I mean, I would get a lot of engagement from the line about, hey, you know, if we could just get, you know, these customers to go to this, this length of lead, that's going to say change over time. We could, you know, and that helps everyone through the supply chain, right? If we could decrease some of this and they see the products every day, more so than the engineers or the managers or the marketing person. So they know what could make those improvements there. I want to kind of uh, hone in on that notion of, um, you know, people actually seeing what they make coming to life a little bit more and it's it, where, where it's end use ends up being. Um, and this really only seems to be, this is more B2B than B2B, you know, yeah. when, when you're really selling a component for a product rather than something that has an end use that's actually used by people in something. Yeah, which is so often the case. I mean, yeah. so many manufacturers sell to other manufacturers, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I'm just wondering, because a lot of what you've said is that, you know, the, the enhanced employee engagement that happened as a result of that. And, I'm, uh, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I am curious, did that actually... Did, did you end up seeing that in some of the more formal HR measures, like his human resources doing things like um, uh, measuring uh, employee engagement or satisfaction or things of that sort? And did you see any of those kinds of metrics move as uh, people could uh, connect the dots between their work and, and what it was used for? For, um, you know, where I saw it at the time really strongly was in kind of our KPIs 
you know, key performance indicators from a lean standpoint. Um, it, we you said, I think if you have a strong lean manufacturing environment, you can um, really see these improvements. And I would say ultimately that probably, you know, trickled down into more the HR side. And I think just from the amount of people that would come and speak to me <laughs> from, you know, the floor because they had ideas and then they knew that they had this kind of channel to the the customer from a marketing standpoint. So they had ideas that they were sharing. I think people that had offices next to me thought I was giving out, you know, candy or candy bars or something because <laughs> I had, you know, a lot of people that were would come into my office because they would have these ideas that they wanted to share. And I think that all stemmed from us kind of coming back from these voice of the customers and and showing them, you know, what they do makes a difference. And then that really helped us and in everything from price negotiations, uh, contract negotiations with customers to um, on the engineering side, you know, what product feature um, changes could we could we implement? Um, so I, I don't know if I saw it specifically, you know, in, in some HR metrics, but you could feel the vibe change within the organization. Yeah, and I like how you kind of saw the difference in your guest chair at your desk. I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that well, well, it isn't usually a KPI that people think of, um, you know, I, there's an awful lot of marketers that face the opposite challenge. It, they find it very hard to get uh, sometimes even sales or certainly operations, engineering, et cetera, to engage uh, with them in a meaningful way. And yeah. it, it certainly seems like you were able to crack that nut. So, um, that's as good at KPI as I can think of. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I think it's interesting too. And I mean, this isn't necessarily directly related to that, but it is in some way because, you know, you've mentioned to us, um, in our previous conversations about how, when you've come into a number of these organizations, you had no metrics, nothing had been recorded about how things are being marketed. You didn't have necessarily marketing dashboards or, or lead routing or things like that. Could talk a little bit about what it's taken you in the occupations that you've had um, to bring that kind of rigor to the marketing effort, um, you know, and, and and the lead handling that you've uh, that you've implemented. Yeah, and I think in the organizations which I've worked, you know, what leads the company is engineering and operations, and then marketing is an afterthought, right? These are these are companies that are focused on technologies, focused on the next. Um, generation of development and and not as much on the um, the mark the marketing side or see the importance and you know communicating the fact that just because you'll build it does not mean people will come is is something that you really have to um, ingrain in kind of these organizations that are more technology focused and I wouldn't say it's uh, it you know it's sometimes a, a bit of a challenge. Um, to, to try to get um, into these organizations that are more technology focused. But that's why I think having this team where they can see what marketing brings to the table that's outside of engineering, that, you know, they have the customer on the marketing side, you have the, the knowledge of the customer, you understand how to talk to the customer, you understand how to meet their needs and not just um, show a feature of a product because you know if you're not if you're not actually meeting a need of a customer they don't understand what a feature does so we can't just focus on on those aspects of technology all the time 
I, I love how that, um, how there's a kind of an equalization or a, a calibration, I should say, of the organization and, a, and an enhanced appreciation of the marketing function when, that when you uh, get them to think about it as you're the, you're the um, apparatus that pulls uh, that voice of the customer into the organization versus being the uh, apparatus that simply pushes features and benefits to the customer. Yeah, it's a, yeah. it's a beautiful way of articulating that. I like that. And Jeff, I think to your point about metrics, um, when you, when you do have a strong operations and lean environment, they appreciate KPIs. They appreciate metrics. So from a marketing standpoint, if you can show metrics, if you can you can set up some you know ongoing you know monthly messages that metrics that you communicate up into the organization. It's something that they understand, right? They want to see red and and green dots and they want to see graphs that go up. And so um, I think that the organization is more open to metrics than maybe one that's not as focused on KPIs and lean. And so being able to demonstrate kind of where marketing is now, it's also a little bit more challenging because most of these organizations that I've been with have about an 18 month sales cycle. So, you know, same at Eagle Picture, when we engage with a customer, you know, it's about 18 months to 24 months before we're actually producing product. Um, so being able con to connect that back to your marketing efforts is always very difficult, but there are things that you can do to kind of, to see the, you know, peaks of different metrics and, with today's technology, you can pretty much metric anything you want. <laughs> so picking picking out the ones that can really show um, the organization how their spend is adding value is what's most important. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. I have a, I don't know, maybe this is a really uh, uh, kind of individual thing that we'll end up editing out of the episode. We'll <laughs> see. Um, uh, but I guess um, one thing that I've been kind of kicking around in my mind a lot these days is just this notion of like so much of marketing these days is digital and to your point lends itself to KPIs. And in some way you can, you know, whether you're measuring it accurately or not, we could probably debate about, but you can put a number that is supposed to represent something marketing related about almost any part of the marketing function in front of somebody and have, you know, some story you can tell about how it's, how, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you can, Yes, like you know, so much more of marketing today lends itself to that. But there are still aspects of what we do that is a bit more of a, a bit of a leap of faith. Uh, even choosing to do a voice of the customer initiative that brings all of these organizations together, uh, well, yes, you can report on it in hindsight. Um, it only, I guess, it um, you know, there still needs to be that kind of. You, you, somebody needs to place the bet, right? And yeah. uh, around the, something that, at least at the outset, isn't measurable. I wonder, as a as a as a marketer that's obviously been successful in driving metrics-driven organizations, um, 
to adopt more um, sophisticated marketing practices. How have you navigated those things that don't lend themselves at all to metrics? Have you, I guess I could see a couple of ways to do it. Have you almost put some false metrics to it just so that people feel good about it? Uh, or have you just chosen to, uh, to, to, to address it head on? Like this thing can't be measured, but we got to do it anyway. Yeah. And is that a, maybe that's a bizarre question, but it's just something I've been kind of noodling around with. Yeah, no, um, what's the saying? Not everything that can be counted counts. Is that, you know, so just because I can run a report about something on my website or something on social media and you can get all these digital metrics now, it doesn't mean that they make a difference to to what you've done. And um, so I, I think it's, yeah, it is a challenge, especially when you have a long lead cycle uh, or a sales cycle to, to connect those dots. So you have to look at what's gonna make me and my day-to-day -day job make the right decision for my company. And so that, so I think I've always looked at metrics in that standpoint, not as much as what makes me look good in the organization. <laughs> but if, if this metric helps me make a better decision on where I focus my my time or my resources or my money, then um, ultimately it will look better at the end of the day, right? So, um, so you can get drowned in metrics and KPIs if you let yourself. So it's really picking out the ones that you know is going to drive your decision making ability yeah it's um it, it, so many places i feel like i could go with this i mean i've seen organizations that have been making uh, data-driven decisions for the last four years on a broken analytics platform that they didn't know was broken <laughs> so you know they're like blindly making what they think to be very smart data-driven decisions you know and uh anyway um well yeah, yeah. and the I don't know. I think maybe there's a little bit of ego in it too. I mean, as marketers, we want to think that we have a bit of, uh, I don't know, kind of yeah. into things. Uh, well, a little bit of know-how that maybe somebody, yeah. So that can help feed. Uh, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know where I'm going with it, Jeff. You yeah. bring, you can bring us back to reality <laughs> now, Jeff. On on that standpoint that we were talking about, with having these long uh, sales lead cycle, where I really think that it's important is to have a good CRM or a customer relationship management system, because if you can add a lead into an opportunity and connect that to where that lead came from. And then in two years or 18 months, you can track the success of those. It is a long cycle, but I do think it's important to keep that information with your contacts or your opportunities so that you you can kind of get to some dollar amounts down the road, which is yeah. very uh, difficult, but I do think it's very important. Absolutely, and, uh, and, and in addition to that, um, obviously, uh, the number of deals that move to closed one is a is a great KPI. But to your point, when the sales cycle is long, it probably ought not to be the core KPI of a lot of marketing initiatives right. that will end up iterating faster than the sales cycle. Yeah. And in those instances, you need to calibrate those KPIs to uh, early indicators in the sales cycle that lead you to the impression that these um, uh, leads are, are worthwhile and are likely to, you know, at least at a percentage level, some of them are going to get to closed one in, in 18 months. Yeah. And those kind of yeah. leading indicators end up uh, driving a lot of those decisions. But 
Heather, I, I think one of the you've told us a few other stories as well about some of the things that you've had to teach the organizations that you've joined about uh, what marketing needs. Um, can you can you tell us a bit about some of those uh, some of the things that have happened? Um, yeah, so I I think it's um, you know a lot of people in the organization are concentrating on getting product out the door. Right. They uh, they have a set date that they have to deliver something by and it needs to go. Um, and the difficult thing from a marketing standpoint is um, since most of my experience has been on custom made products, you're not actually ever really reselling these products, but you need to be able to market this technology and these capabilities and just getting people aware of the fact that hey, let's take a professional photo of that product before we send it to the customer since we'll never see it again. And and then even though... And by never see it again, you mean really never see it again. It's really going to Mars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes. So, yeah, getting... And, and you don't make a lot of extra of those <laughs> sitting around. So, um yeah, and it's across the board. Like, even though this is a specialized um, project we can still communicate our capabilities basing it on some of our past um, technologies. And so getting people to think about, hey, when I do this cool project or when I have this interesting customer or if I'm about to ship something that we won't get back, um, let's call Heather and, and see what we can do with it while we still have it in our possession or you know, to, to continue to use this as a growth um, opportunity for the company. And so, yeah, I think just teaching that to the organization and, and when you let one slip out the door <laughs> before <laughs> you can get a picture, you know, understanding the value of that and then getting people to kind of watch for you or in safeguard because at a large organization, I can't know everything that is shipping out the door. So. Yeah. Have you have you had people running into your office and saying, Heather, Heather, like the, we just remembered we're supposed to tell you when he's <laughs> leaving. You got to come downstairs with the camera now. Yeah, yeah, it's been like, uh, yeah, it's shipping in like 45 minutes. So is that yeah. enough time? You know, <laughs> yeah, come in, set up some lights. And yeah, now all of a sudden you're taking product photography with your iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> it's still better than what they had. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, I was like, I do get a lot of iPhone photography, and I'm like, oh, can you just give me a little heads up so we can um, take a real picture next time? But. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Just you. Just something. I, I will say though that an iPhone can actually save your bacon if the sensor in your proper camera dies when you've been brought in somewhere to take photos. Not speaking from experience with a particular manufacturer we worked with, but uh, we got some pretty decent photos with an iPhone. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to do what you got to do. It's all we had. Yeah. Well, Heather, this has been a fascinating and perhaps meandering yeah. conversation about um, about really how to, uh, you know, at, at its core, um, I, I think what you've uh, communicated to our, our listeners is a level of kind of marketing integration into the manufacturing enterprise that... Um, um, and a, a level of appreciation on the marketing side, even of the you know, lean manufacturing processes, et cetera. I think that's very just instructive to our listeners. Um, and, I, and I think you've uh, served to inspire folks to just uh, think about their, their work a little differently and maybe how they can 
um, uh, leverage the other talents in the uh, enterprise to, to just do better marketing. So I really thank you for sharing your experience and expertise with us. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.